Hello, and welcome everyone to Sacred Balance. I'm your host, Jui Rami. Sacred Balance is a special space created for seekers where we come together to explore deeper dimensions of life and share spectacular stories of people who are avidly seeking that balance while thriving and tasting magic of life and all its possibilities. So come join us and together, let's make it happen. This week on our Sacred Balance podcast, we have a mother-son duo celebrating their beautiful bond and their love for Sadhguru. Shelley Thomas is a French professor at the Middle Tennessee State University. She's also the founder and director of the Center for Accelerated Language Acquisition. Kala also offers Isha Hatha Yoga classes as a part of its stress management program for teacher training, which is open to the community. Rishi Purcell, Shelley's son, after being a troubled youth in his early teens, has been deeply inspired by his mother's footsteps and has blossomed into a yogi with a certified Isha Hatha Yoga teacher training. This dynamic mother-son team sets a fire not only during our conversation, but creates magic on many levels in their community by offering tools for well-being and making the world a better place. Hey, how are you today? Hi, Jui. Hi, Jui. I'm good. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome <laughs> both of you to our Sacred Balance podcast. We're so, so excited to have you and so grateful to you both that you made some time for us this Saturday afternoon to chat with us and uh, so looking forward to this. So welcome again. Well, thank Thanks. you for inviting us. It's so, yeah. certainly our pleasure here at Sacred Balance. To, to get us started, um, you know, we all grow up in our own way and we come to life in our journey. And, and in that path, we meet so many people and so many things happen to us. And on a spiritual path, we meet a lot of cool people and we evolve and we grow and we learn. And a lot of people have an impact on our life. So to, to really bring that aspect in focus today, I would like to know, Shelly, from you first, because you are mother of Rishi. And um, because of your experiences and what you had going on, you know, bringing up Rishi as a child and everything that you faced um, in that, how did you discover spirituality, spiritual path, and how did you find Sadhguru first? Can we start uh, with that? Sure, that'd be fine. You know, as a typical Midwestern American, I was mm -hmm. raised in a church, but I would say um, after marriage and divorce, uh, then I became a more serious seeker. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did was I joined an art studio in Nashville. It's called Art and Soul. Mm -hmm. And uh, the woman who happened to uh, be the director of it uh, tried to help people work with art and therapy and tried to help them 
discover them themselves on the interior. Mm-hmm. Well, what I didn't know was um, I had never heard of Osho, but she had been a follower of Osho, mm-hmm. and uh, and and she had also, you know, eventually in 1997 been with Sadhguru. Yeah. So. I remember the day that she came back from her first uh, workshop with Sadhguru in 1997. Mm-hmm. She came back and she emailed everybody and she said, you guys, I've, there's a Vanderbilt has in, invited a real guru. I just learned some practices with him. He's the real thing. I know what I'm talking about because I was a, a one of the sannyasins for Osho and you've got to go to him. Yeah. Well, um, I was busy with my career, um, mm-hmm. and Rishi was still young. I think he was like six or something like that. And it wasn't until um, many years later when he was 14, and we began to have, you know, um, a tense relationship over stuff like uh, the kind of people that he was hanging around with. Um, doing drugs, um, not participating in school the way that, you know, I thought he should. When that type of tension rose to a certain pitch, mm-hmm. um, I remember reading um, uh, Autobiography of a Yogi. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose it was because Aranima suggested that it, it might be helpful to go to Sadhguru. So I read that and I did get more interested so when he was 14, uh, I searched out one of his um, seven-day programs, which was, that was in 2006, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was 50 years old, and uh, I went and came back, and I told Rishi and his dad, um, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. This is, uh, I, I need to have, uh, have this time private and quiet um and they both respected it mm-hmm. now rishi's dad is a philosophy professor so he he knows about eastern thought mm-hmm. and rishi he had given a book to rishi Lao Tzu, yeah. so Rishi had read about eastern thought so mm-hmm. they respected what i was doing and i don't i don't know if you want me to continue but that's how that's yeah. how i got no, please continue. I would like to know a little bit more about that. Sure. So I began, uh, I did my practices every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would watch Sadhguru. It, at that time, he had only been recorded on VHS. So yeah. I got my little VHS out and I put it in. And I remember Rishi coming into the sunroom one day uh, while I was watching Sadhguru, at, you know, to ask me a question. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a double take and he said, who is that? Because, of course, he, I had never watched a guru on TV before. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's, that's the gentleman that taught me yoga and meditation. Mm-hmm. And um, he listened for a bit. And this is now what I know what he said now. Um, mm-hmm. He was comparing Sadhguru to Lao Tzu, who was dead. Yeah. And he was surprised that somebody alive was talking about the same things that Lao Tzu was. Yeah. So every once in a while, he would come in, and I would read him portions. I was reading one of Sadhguru's books also. Mm-hmm. And within six months, he asked if he could go to a program, too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Without any – I had decided not to – I had decided just to focus on me. Mm-hmm. 
it's and I, I give this analogy of the the person sitting in the airplane. You know, they tell you if your mask comes down, put yours on first before you put your child's on. So I didn't mention really anything unless, you know, Rishi asked. And of course, at that time, his name was Walker. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he did ask. And I I don't know if you want me to continue with that. Yes, please do. So he asked and it was we were, of course, his father and I were a little bit shocked at first because it, it would mean, number one, we'd have to take him out of school for a week. <laughs> and number two, um, the high school that he went to, um, he had already established himself as someone who wasn't interested in studies, who was hanging around with a certain group of kids. He had gotten detention several times. And so he had kind of a reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and when we, so his dad and I went to the principal, we sat down and we just were very frank with her. We said, our son wants to learn yoga and meditation from an Indian guru. Uh -huh. She just looked at us and said, whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was huge. We were yeah. so relieved and we, we couldn't go because we had to work. Um, we both teach at the university and Rishi signed up for the one in, um, I don't, I can't remember where it was. Can I, Rishi. Can I yeah. Yes. Go ahead. So uh, this was in 2004, though, right? Not 2006. Rishi, oh, can I'm you come sure. a little bit closer so we can hear you a little bit better? Uh, is that any better? Yes. Yeah, okay. thanks for correcting that. I say 2006 because that's when I went over to India. I do mean 2004. Mm. So you, you took your program early 2004, right? Yeah, right in January. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so is that is that is there anything else? Oh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's no, uh, for formatting. I was just yeah. going to say, um, I feel like my um, my uh, my side of the uh, the initial part of the story was maybe just a little bit different on one point because I feel like you right. said um, I feel like you said that we um, respected your yoga time, and I feel I feel like that's maybe a little bit generous <laughs> for me. <laughs> Okay. This is great. Okay, yeah. Tell me what you, how you felt. Yes, yes. Tell us more, Rishi. Yeah, I think. Uh, so, I mean, I remember when you used to do, um, you know, like regular American yoga at the YMCA type of thing. You know, okay. when I was a kid, yeah. and I remember I went with you several times, and I had no interest in it, and I thought it was, you know, so that old people don't break their hip or something. <laughs> But uh, uh, do you remember me telling you why I went with you guys? Because you used to go and Cause get. Because you like the Thai food afterwards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so uh, there was a treat involved, I see. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Thai, Thai food was and probably still is my favorite. Um, but uh, we, so I didn't, I feel like maybe respect is a stronger word, <laughs> giving me more credit than is due. But uh, I, I feel like um, when you, when you went, I didn't really think anything of it. And when you were practicing on your own, that was, um, I would say, in my in my teenage mind, that was you know thirty minutes to an hour that I could get away with whatever mischief I wanted to get up to. <laughs> That's right. That's right yeah. I remember. I remember uh, realizing the. Uh, that a certain sound that you were making in the practice meant I had only a few minutes left, and so I had to, 
wrap up whatever I was. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Well, that makes it even more awesome that you wanted to go. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you know, like like you were saying, uh, uh, and I I don't know maybe if I can go a little bit more into what you were talking about with um, uh, dad. So my dad is a philosophy professor and. I, I didn't know about this when I was a kid. I, I didn't really understand. I, I feel like I barely knew that India existed at all. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but because my dad. you didn't like going to school. So how would you know the geography? I don't, I think you're, I think you're, um, I think you're overestimating my school. <laughs> I think the majority of my um, uh, high school education was with Professor Wikipedia. Oh boy. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, but I, no, my, my dad had, um, he had been with, um, I believe, was it Swami Premananda? Is that right, mom? Does that sound right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. And he had, he came over to the U.S. with, uh, was it Yogananda? Yogananda, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so my dad had been with, like, so my dad and my grandmother had went to, uh, Swami Premananda's, um, I guess, temple or whatever it was and uh he, when he was a kid he got initiated into some sort of practice um i don't i didn't really know much about it um but he wasn't practicing by the time you know i was a kid by the time i you know was a was a person mm-hmm. um but he was uh so he like, sort of remember, grew out of it you think or he just didn't have enough time i think he just didn't have the support necessary oh. to yeah. go much deeper into it because mm-hmm. I, I believe they uh well, he was under 12 yeah he was like 12 13 something like that 11 12 13 from what i understood so i, I feel like once the family moved or some you know some shift happened or something and then he didn't have access to it anymore yeah um but he uh when i was growing up um i feel like i got exposure to um the idea of a spiritual process and you know enlightened beings and i guess people talking about uh the mechanics of your experience of life and human suffering and that kind of a thing like like my mom was saying through through lao tzu and like Mm -hmm. Tao Jing and stuff about either either chinese taoist stuff or um a little bit of uh maybe zen buddhist stuff so I was simultaneously, I guess, as a teenager, I remember reading um, The Last Days of Socrates mm-hmm. uh, in middle school and uh, Dao De Jing. I actually made a, <laughs> I remember the, the most stylish period of my life. I made a t-shirt that I like did an art thing and it was mm-hmm. like Dao De Jing t-shirt that I was so proud of. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> While I was like, you know, skipping class and trying to... <laughs> trying to drink drink things with my friends or something like that um but that it's was... so cool rishi how you you know just it, it's it's a story to tell you know the kids nowadays they get labeled with like attention disorders and because they have so much energy that d- doesn't get always focused into one direction and how your mom being such a cool mom without even forcing you into this, she kind of like made this happen for you. And then all the troubles that you were facing as a teenager and, you know, possibly drugs that are bad company that or peer pressure. And right now, like kids go through a lot more like cyberbullying and stuff like that. 
you know, if some parents are listening right now, or even like, you know, teenager happens to, you know, click in right now and listen, you know, that's a, your story is one to tell, like how you can overcome all of those things. And yoga can really transform your entire existence into a whole new possibility. Yeah. Well, I, can I, can I add a, a realistic story to this? Yes, yeah, please go, go, do. Go. Because, um, I was a typical parent who wanted uh, things for Rishi. And before I did the yoga, I decided to change his environment, that that was the answer. And I'm sure all parents very well-intended do this. Yeah. So, so I started to enroll him at a, at a private school that was about an hour away. Mm-hmm. He was very, very upset about it. And he told me that, if I forced him to go there, that he would come, he, he promised me he would come back in a police car. Oh boy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, so it was at that point. And I feel like that, I feel like that story kind of characterizes the forcefulness of our relationship before, yeah. beforehand. Yeah. And, and I feel like, um, it wasn't, I don't, and you, maybe you can speak more on this mom, but I don't, I don't know that it was at first necessarily a, a wisdom of of having a different approach but a um a resignation uh uh, that you had to kind of like you said put your own mask on before trying to uh assist others or something it felt like you had it felt like i had i had forced your hand or something yeah and that's what i want to make clear to i don't want you to think that i did some wise thing i was resigned to Mm. the, the reality of the situation yeah. And I just felt like if I focused on myself, mm-hmm. I would have to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And it's so cool because kids never really re- listen to what you have to say anyway, but they watch you, <laughs> they observe you, and they look at everything that you do. And just by you doing yoga, listening to Sadhguru, he was observing everything that you were doing. And I think he he absorbed some of that and became open and became available to this magic of yoga. Well, I'd like to ask you. Go ahead. Were you going to ask something? Well, well, um, you weren't just observing me. Is it okay to to say how you felt about your own life? Wasn't that kind of a motivation too? Yeah, I I will say that. um, You know, like like you mentioned, uh, when I just came in and happened to end up watching the that VHS of uh, Sadhguru at the time, (laughs) I had a I had that was that was kind of the pulling. I had a very strong experience just seeing him talk for the first time, and yeah. um, I uh, I remember like from that w- that was kind of what got me into it, and I but I feel I I will say that um, during that time I think the uh, the shift I, I mean you know being a teenager I think you have such a hypersensitive nose for <laughs> um, adults telling you something that may not have worked for them or may not really be true for them, but it's just like a thing that they push along. Yeah. Uh, and I, f- I feel like that was kind of part- partly the space that I was in. Um, I was like shifting from parental and um, teacher approval to more, more, based in peer approval for my, mm-hmm. I guess, social well-being. And um, 
I feel like the uh, the shift that I that I can say that I, I feel like I noticed in my mom and you mom was that um, it seemed like uh, there was a certain genuine uh, genuine interest in what she was doing and there was uh, the the capacity to allow me to think for myself I guess came across and was it seemed like a big deal um, I would say that I, I don't know that I was super conscious of it but I definitely felt the shift for sure yeah. in a big way right right yeah I did feel like life or death here I felt like I was losing you and that mm -hmm. this was, you know the final straw and what a helpless feeling that is as a parent and you know anyone listening right now they, you know, especially during pandemic, parenting has changed a lot. A lot of parenting has become at home school kind of a setting for the kids and constantly having to be on all the time with your kids because they're not going to school anymore. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a whole different situation during pandemic. And a lot of parents feel overwhelmed in how to do a better job in bringing up their kids. So this is a, a very beautiful story in how this just happened. And do you think Sadhguru always says that he has initiated more people that he has never met than the people that he's actually met? So Rishi and Shelly, have you, like when you look at Sadhguru before you even met him, because I know both of you have been in his presence and I have personally taken programs with him, but just seeing him on TV, Rishi, like did you feel like there was something that was capturing you beyond what words could explain? I, uh, I feel like uh, I, I don't generally try and say too much about that, but <laughs> uh, yes, um, I remember just sitting for the first, that VHS, um, and also my experience of him in the program. Mm -hmm. um, it felt like the way that his logic um, like the type of impact his 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 train of thought or his logic had on my um, experience was, I felt like I could just remain very still. Um, so I just remember a certain a certain experience of um, stillness that was that I don't think I fully understood or appreciated or thought about very much mm -hmm. at the time, but it was. Um, it was it was a strong enough experience that um, I asked to, you know, go to the thing, yeah. go to the program. So moving from this moment, what happened next for you, Shelley, and then Rishi for you? What was the next few things that led up to, you know, a deeper possibility in this path? Well, uh, he went ahead and went to the program. There were some other adults going from Nashville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And, you know, he just went by himself and he came back and bam, the yeah. next day practices every really? day. Wow. Yeah. And so Jack saw this and was uh -huh. intrigued by it. And within six months, uh, I guess the following year in January, uh, Sadhguru did a program at Nashville uh -huh. and uh, Jack decided to go. And yeah. within a year, all three of us were doing the same practices and going um, 
Rishi and I made trips to the ashram and Rishi mm -hmm. Jack and I um, started help to build the, um, the ashram in Tennessee. Wow. I'm having goosebumps just hearing this. <laughs> this is so powerful. No, really, like I'm, I'm just the, the goosebumps. The goosebumps are because it was cold when we first started going up there. Oh yeah, it, you got suffering. <laughs> believe me. Yeah, now it's a little bit more, you know, comfortable and more, you know, a able. little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you when you're trying to wash dishes with one outside faucet, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really cool to know that you were the, you know strong foundation as they were building the foundation of Isha here. And it's really cool to have guests like you who have played part in that and making that happen. And so the grace of Sadhguru is definitely with you. And what Rishi is doing right now, being um, Isha Hatha yoga teacher, that's marvelous, Rishi. And, um, you know, I hear wonderful things from other Isha Hatha yoga teachers like Alisa and wonderful things that you do. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and how yeah, sure. you came to that possibility? And maybe Shelly, you can add something along with that in his journey. Sure. Go ahead, Rishi. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess a couple of, a couple of different things to respond to. Um, mm -hmm. the, the first thing is, um, talking about, um, what, what came next immediately following yes. uh, with the programs. I feel like, um, I feel like I I took to it like you know, like paper to fire or like gasoline to fire, however that expression goes. Because the it, for me it felt like my um, uh, trying to to smoke or drink or whatever it was was yeah. I was desperately seeking some other type of experience in my life. Yeah. And um, when that became available even though it, it, you know, even though my, I felt like the practices were kind of, you I mean, honestly over my head when I first learned them, mm -hmm. uh, I felt that my experience of the program and of, you know, the talks were strong enough that, uh, um, I was, I was super committed to it and that, um, I didn't feel like I was forcefully trying to, be a better, you know, uh, kid or something like that. I was still yeah. honestly not a very great student. I was still relatively disinterested in school, but I went mm -hmm. from desperately trying to get away from it and desperately trying to seek some other thing to uh, kind of just being overwhelmed and a, and a, by what was given to me and just like continuously uh, as I apply myself to it, realizing that it's bigger and bigger and, uh, and, and, and doing enough to like pass socially yeah. <laughs> in the school. Mm -hmm. So it, it, I, I wanted, I just wanted to, um, you know, kind of talk about touch on that because yeah. I think oftentimes, um, and I notice this sometimes with, um, parents that I get as a, as a Hatha Yoga teacher, mm -hmm. they, there is this strong desire that um, one yoga program should fix every problem that the kid has. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that uh, it was a big reorganization for me because I was 
very strongly seeking something like this. And then when it showed up, I, I took to it very quickly. Yeah. But um, for a lot of people, that's not the case. I know personally at least one person who did not do practices because they wanted to. And, and it was, you know, because of encouragement, social encouragement, the people around them were doing practices, their family, that mm -hmm. they just kind of kept it up, you know, because it was easy. And I, that was a very strange, like, foreign concept to me. I couldn't have imagined that as a, as a teenager, that you didn't just take to this, like, <laughs> like yeah. wildfire or something. But, yeah. uh, but for, for that person, um, you know, when, uh, when the, when the, proverbial shit hit the fan in mm -hmm. you know later in life as a college student or whatever they uh were able to fall back they, they realized the significance of what they had been doing mm -hmm. um so just just that i I, th I think it's interesting that um you know it's it's effective in different ways um yeah. and and i just didn't want to give that uh expectation that uh if you have yeah. If your kid is having problems in school, enroll them in yoga, <laughs> because yeah. it it may do some it may do some good, but it may not look like what you think it's going to look like type of yeah. a thing. And um, our expectation of it being fixed a certain way is mm -hmm. totally not how it should be. And when Sadhguru talks about, for example, inner engineering or Shambhavi, he says for one person it may make them you know more gentler. It for another person it may make them more compassionate it may make them more you know understanding or calmer more peaceful so these technologies work differently for different people according to your system and what it requires right. and because you were so seeking avidly in 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 making something happen for yourself in sort of an unconscious way as a child but when this happened like consciously it took to a whole different level and that's so cool to see it's such a marvelous story rishi and so uh, I want you to finish the second question I had asked, and then I have another one I'm so curious to ask. <laughs> so go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I mean, um, I guess uh, in terms of getting into, um, uh, getting into teaching um, mm -hmm. Hatha Yoga, it was, uh, you know, I, I think, and, and you can kind of speak to this too, Mom. I think for both of us, we we mostly mostly just wanted to be participants. I don't think either of us <laughs> thought yeah. that you know we were interested in uh, or or cap interested or capable of uh, trying to offer something like that. Yeah, is that how you felt too, Mom? I I really felt that way a lot because um, of how old I was. I was like mm -hmm. sixty one when I did it, and it's not that other people haven't done it who are older than me, but mm -hmm. I didn't even start, you know, practicing real yoga until I was 50. Yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't think my body could handle it. Yeah. And so... Uh, but has it been able to handle it? Do you feel it did, different? It did up to a certain point, and then I had um, back problems. But that's, yeah. you know, that's okay. I still yeah. do what I need to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had, um, I would say, uh, for, for myself, I... Um, spent some time at uh, at the Isha Center. Mm -hmm. um, I had another, I guess, speaking of people who had been with Osho that had been maybe a big influence on both of us, uh, mm -hmm. I had one roommate who uh, was an older guy, and he had been with Osho for uh, a number of years, and he was my roommate at the Isha Ashram here. Mm -hmm. um, 
marvelous guy, and he would always um, he had a very strong uh, BS detector, and uh, <laughs> he would call you out uh, very lovingly, but also make fun of you and this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he uh, he he said something to me about like uh, he was he was a French guy. He said something like. You know, Rishi, is this, uh, I think you will be either a massage therapist or a, or a teacher, a yoga teacher. And I was like, no, no thanks. That's, you know, <laughs> I thought, I thought that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But uh, he was right. Yeah. And for Shelly, for you, has having the technology of inner well-being like this, has it improved your life, your career? in your, you know, relationships, how has it, you know, transformed some of those aspects in your life? Um, well, immediately I was really lucky because Sadhguru yeah. um, created the, the school in um, the Indian ashram yeah. and he needed volunteer teachers. So yeah. they knew that I had a, a language institute. So they called me and asked me if I could go there and train their language teachers. Wow. So that's how it got deeper. I went over there and I actually took Rishi with me. Yeah. He was only 17, yeah. but we just, we just stayed a month. And I think being, wow, yeah, being in that atmosphere, yeah. Uh, all the, yeah, that was, that was an amazing time. Yeah. And Sadhguru actually called us into his, um, the place where he meets people and asked us if we, if we liked what we were doing, we said, yeah. He said, would you come back next year and stay three months yeah. and all the teachers instead of just the language teachers mm-hmm. so did that. And of course he's, he doesn't let you go for free. <laughs> you come over and you uh, get involved with stuff. You get so deep into stuff. Yeah. So we just got deeper and deeper and, yeah. um, and your yeah. and your second time back, Mom, you did you did like your own kind of extended sadhana there at the ashram. Well, that was my third time. Yeah. Third so time. the second. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh sure. So the second time back was in 2007. First time 2006, then 2007. Then of course I went over there. There's my third time, Samyama. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And then the fourth time was for a private one month. Um, sadhana with Sadhguru. I mean, he gets a ma to come and tell you what the schedule is and stuff like that. So while he was about to do a naughty, uh-huh. this was the summer before he did a naughty in 2010. Yeah. And um, uh, so I rigorously, I really <laughs> seriously wanted to prepare my body so that I could be able to do a naughty with him. That, that, that would be three months with him, you know, in silence and, once again, I was kind of afraid for my body. But anyway, yeah. while I was there, he he uh, agreed to see me for 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And I, I said I said I would really like to go to that. And, you know, he just smiled and, you know, he didn't make any commitment or anything. But that uh, so to tell you how much all these practices just deeper and deeper. And in my how did it affect my life? Well, I would say Rishi, Jack and I yeah. had a focus in our family and our relationships yeah. and we, and I have a language although I teach at the um, university I have a language institute that trains um, not only that gives not only language classes but I train teachers in these methods mm-hmm. and I made part of their training yeah. um, 
yoga just so that they could learn to manage their systems. They're under a lot of stress. And mm -hmm. I would invite Rishi to come in. And eventually, after he finished his um, teacher training, he became the teacher at, at MTSU. Anytime, you know, anybody wanted to do that, I'll let him talk about that. The yeah. other thing is um, Jack, who's a philosophy professor, he started teaching more and more uh, Eastern thought classes so that he could introduce the notion of yoga. And then he would invite Rishi to come in and teach yoga to his students. Oh, that is so cool. Do you still do that, Rishi? Uh, I actually just did a little uh, short yoga session for his, um, yeah, for one of his classes this past week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. See, I, it's just so amazing to see all your whole family involved in making yoga happen <laughs> for everyone who come across your path. That is so cool. And, but and kind of, yes, go ahead. That, uh, I just wanted to respond to one thing you said, Mom, of, uh, you know, the, I kind of talking about the dynamic between the, the three of us as a family had changed. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that was, I mean, people always ask what, what benefits do you know from, what, what benefits do you get from practicing yoga or what, what do you notice or something like that? Mm -hmm. And for me, I was a teenager and so I didn't have any physical ailment problems or anything like that. I, my, you know, my back was fine. I didn't have blood pressure or anything like that. But, mm -hmm. uh, the, the thing that I really noticed was that my, all of my relationships with all the people in my life, my parents, my friends, peers, uh, you know, teachers, whoever I had to deal with, just improved pretty dramatically. And um, I feel like the kind of the family dynamic changed uh, in a big way, I think, yeah. after that. Uh, and, and kind of slowly and gradually. But um, just as an example, when I first uh, did the did the Isha Hatha Yoga teacher training um, and came back, uh, my my parents both kind of helped with uh, classes. My mom always wanted to be in there and, yeah. <laughs> you know, greeting people. And my dad did the uh, the demonstration for my first uh, Surya Kriya class. <laughs> so, yeah. That is so sweet, really. Shelly, you had a thought about what Rishi was saying earlier? Oh, uh, you know, it's I'm an old lady. It went out of my head. But I think it was, you know. <laughs> Rishi, your name. Um, so it used to be a different name, and then now it's Rishi. Did you get this name, new name, from Sadhguru himself? Uh, yeah. So as a part of the uh, Isha Hatha Yoga teacher training, when we were there, um, he Sadhguru had met with the with this that batch of teachers. So I took it in 2013. I was a part of uh, the second batch with uh, yeah, as you know, Elisa, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, dear friend. Um, yes. And so, uh, as a part of one of the sessions, he just kind of mentioned offhanded about how it would be good if we, after doing the sadhana, if it would be good if we took a new name and. Mm -hmm. um, and that was something that I, at that point, I had already had friends that had become a brahmachari or mm -hmm. something like that. So it wasn't a super foreign concept um, yeah. to me. But um, I think maybe about 10 or 15 of us from that mm -hmm. batch of about 80 people. I think it was about 80 people from about 20 different countries for my um, teacher training. And out of that 80 or so, maybe 10, 15, uh, we, gave our, we gave our name and uh, requested 
to to receive a new name um mm -hmm. and uh, we didn't hear back for a long time yeah <laughs> i think it was over a year uh before they they got back to us and uh yeah so the 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 deal was that uh yeah we had to change our names for life for, for that um but it, i wanted uh so i you know i was a little bit apprehensive living mm -hmm. in the south if if he named me like Sri Chandragupta something or another, like <laughs> I would just have to leave. I wouldn't be able to live in Tennessee yes. anymore. <laughs> but uh, luckily, Rishi is two syllables, so it's not too bad. Mm -hmm. um, in Do terms you know of what it uh, means? accessibility, uh, my understanding is so. Of course, from the Septa Rishis, mm -hmm. was that it means like a sage. Yes. Uh, I've also heard it translated to mean like ray of light or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's aspirational. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I always uh, <laughs> I always feel like that um, when Sadhguru would call us uh, Hatha yogis or something. I feel like he's mm -hmm. in one way inspiring us, and in another way maybe making fun of us just a little bit <laughs> because uh, it's it's aspirational. It's also like a little tongue in cheek, and it's a little. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was maybe that's just my read on it because uh, of my interactions with Sadhguru. So speaking about interactions with Sadhguru, do you have a funny incident um, with Sadhguru you'd like to share, Rishi and Shelley? Rishi, you, you have. Hey, Why don't well, you go first? Well, or do you, yes. you have one that you want to share? Let Mom go first. Yes. I remember when I first, you know, the. The way that I teach is kind of like the way we learned our first language, mm -hmm. you know, stand up, touch your head, touch your nose. So first I did it in the school on the ashram. And when the Swami saw how funny and fun it was, they yeah. stood up immediately and they said, we must go to the forest children. So we went into the forest and I started teaching it in four, With I think the, it was three different places. In the, in the, the Donikindi village. Yeah, the Donikindi village. And did, did you teach French there, Shelley? No, I was teaching English. Sorry. English. Okay. Yeah. So I went over there to train the teachers in the methods and whatever language they taught, they would apply it with their language. But one of the things that the Swamis noticed was, wow, if this works so well here, let's see if it works in the, in the forest with the forest yeah. children. So I guess word got around to Sadhguru and eventually when he would see me, he would say, touch your head, touch your nose, or, you know, something funny like that. I didn't know that. Wow. That's so that funny. is yeah. so adorable. Also, also, that class was so much fun. The Donakindi kids were, it was like the best, wasn't that like the best English class you ever had? That was so fantastic. It was like a National Geographic gig. You know, we, we walked into the place about a half a kilometer, mm -hmm. and the, it was, you know, dirt floors. Um, it was primitive. And there were children in there anywhere from age two to 10. Yeah. And, and anyway, I don't know if you saw the video, but you can see it all. Mm -hmm. um, one, of the, one of the people at the ashram who was in college was doing a project um, on videos. And she took the videos that the swamis um, took of us teaching. Yeah. And put it into a, a a video that I show on my website now. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can see us. And Rishi's there, too. Oh, you can see us in 2006 and 2000. I mean, 2007 and 2008. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, I think it's 2006 and 2007. I think oh, I had it 2006 right. and 2007. Yeah. That's um, right. 
but no, the kids there were were just so bright and lovely and yeah, yeah, they were fantastic. I don't, yeah, I can't remember what else you asked. Yeah, Rishi, your story with Sadhguru. Do you have uh, one to share? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, tell, tell the first thing he called you. See, we had to get permission for Rishi to go. Yeah, because he's underage. Yeah. Um, so and he looked. He had a long beard and long hair. And what did he say to you? Oh, that's. Uh, so that was in my second program. I don't. I don't know if. Okay. Okay. That's I don't okay. know if I want to say. That. Sure. sure. Actually, okay. Yeah. Is I mean, I know we're recording right now, but uh, is that? Sure. It because it, no, it was we, it happened during the BSP, so I don't. I don't know. Sure, we can say it. Yeah. We can tell her privately later. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually, I think I shared already that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whatever but, you feel comfortable with, Rishi, just share what you are most comfortable with. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, I, I guess a lot of my interactions with Sadhguru have been um, very, very much like he, it's playful and he's kind of making fun of me and I just respond really well to that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I've noticed that I just spark up and everything opens up and uh uh so one there was one um instance uh at the at the hatha teacher training um where uh, there was like an in the lap of the master program uh -huh. that yes. had taken over our <laughs> our usual program hall so mm -hmm. all of the hatha teachers were very excited we got to be in there as a part of that um and uh we were sitting close to the front and i guess i just laughed particularly loudly at something and for whatever reason Sadhguru made me uh, demo for a joke that he was telling and uh, <laughs> it, it was just uh, it was a you know uh, a, a wonderful experience and also very um, humbling I don't know if, if you know if, if you've ever if you've ever had a, a chance to ask him a question I feel like um, the the feeling of being seen by someone who is not looking at you as uh, a a friend or a you know a child or a man or whatever it 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 yeah. feels like there is some significance to someone who is responding to you on the level of you know what all of my aspirations for experience in life yeah. are towards and somebody that that sees that and that I think really only wants to engage at, at that level of the relationship I yeah. guess and not uh not as uh any of the other relationships that you have in your life yeah. you know whether you're friends or roommates or co-workers or whatever um and I feel like uh I just have I have the I've had uh, the blessing of being able to have that, you know, very brief interaction a few times, yeah. and uh, and it's <laughs> luckily it's been, you know, kind of funny a funny story or something a couple of times. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Any more you'd like to share, or that's that's it for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember the very first. Uh, Okay, actually, no. So this is this is something that will that will include both of us. Okay. I was when I was volu volunteering for um, my dad's program in mm -hmm. Nashville. Mm 
uh, he took Shambhavi and I was, uh, I was on the ushering team. And uh, me and one of the other volunteers, we used to just sprint, run all the way down to check on the, the volunteer, the participants and run yeah. all the way back. And we had so much fun. I was like 16, I think at the time. Yeah. And uh, I remember when we broke for, uh, I think we broke for lunch one time. Mm-hmm. And I believe you, Mom, I believe you had written him a letter or oh, something. God. Yeah. And so I was just walking beside him. This is a program we had like maybe 400 people or something like that, volunteers and participants, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, I just, I was just walking to the thing and I just looked up and I noticed I had to be, I happened to be walking right next to him as we were going to the dining. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, what, don't freak out on me. And uh, he said uh, something like, you know, you should finish your school. <laughs> and uh, something about, you know, don't don't freak your mom out or something. You finish your school, something like that. I don't remember yeah. what it was. But it was, uh, I think, uh, yeah, the, the don't freak out was the was the funny part to me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I. Uh, consciously took that as like a mission statement to finish my school, but I think uh, I think I by the time I had uh, just started to do the practices, I had cooled down on my resistance to school, and yeah. uh, so I think that my my maybe just passing in, in high school was uh, not not so much. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is so beautiful. And, you know, it, it's so nice to see your whole family has totally been, like, re-engineered with this technology. So it makes me curious, like, using the technology of inner engineering that we learned through Shambhavi, how do you, Rishi and Shelley, continuously engineer yourself to create the life that you wanted and mold it, in, you know, the way you'd like it? What do you think, hun? Do you want to go first? How do you or keep do you... creating that magic within our engineering in your life is my question. Well, I, I think the obvious thing for me is I his grace is just coming through me however he wants it to. Yeah. And the practices are as he's explained before, are you know, it's like he's tending a garden. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you just, you know, use the right soil and water it and if we just do our part, you know, the grace is going to come through and so many amazing things that I, that I could never even pretend to hope to do have happened. Yeah. And it's, it's just, uh, can you give us an example of, of that in your life, Shelley? Yeah. I, you know, that what, uh, a long time ago when tsunami hit yeah. and, it was clear that Sadhguru was friends with Al Gore. Mm-hmm. I went to one of the uh, provosts, which is like a vice president of the university, and I showed her a lot of the stuff about Sadhguru. Yeah. Um, I said, you know, this man is, is friends with Al Gore. Don't you think it would be neat if we got a consortium together and had them speak at the university and talk about – because at that time, Sadhguru had actually invented – a type of home for the people that were living on the coast so that if this happened again, 
any, you know, he's got a, he's a brilliant engineer. Yeah. So just in, I tried to tell her all the philanthropic projects he was doing. And she, mm-hmm. here's what she said. Oh, we can't have somebody that looks like that speaking no. at this university. So it was over with in short mm-hmm. shrift. Well, mm-hmm. what, what, like 10 years later, mm-hmm. it was right before, it was while Rishi was at his um, Hatha teacher training program. Mm-hmm. So the dean of the honors college, who's in charge of um, a course every year, mm-hmm. a, a special lyceum where they invite specialists to come in and they give it a theme. Mm-hmm. And the theme that year was um, health and happiness. Yeah. And I'm a French teacher, but he came into my office and he said, Shelly, could you be one of our speakers this year? And I said, I, I guess so. But do you want me to talk about health and happiness as far as French goes? And he said, well, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I learned yoga and meditation from an Indian guru. I said, but I'm sure you don't want me to talk about that. And he mm-hmm. said, sure, yeah, I'd love that. Well, <laughs> so I I didn't think he really knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. So, so I tried to explain to him further that there was an ashram, that there was somebody in charge of the ashram. That his name was Sentol. And I tried to encourage him to contact Sentol to yes. come and talk. So he said, no, I want you to talk. I even tried to get him to invite somebody from the faculty department because I was trying to push Jack because he knows how to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Well, he kept saying no. So after he left my office, I actually wrote him a rather detailed description of Sadhguru mm-hmm. and what I was going to say. And yeah. he said, great. So this is a huge change. Yeah. And I realized, and I just said to Sadhguru, I mean, you know, in, in my mind, in my heart, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say whatever I feel like saying about you and how you've changed our family. And that's what I did. And I think I sent you that. Wow. Yeah. And the guy, the dean wrote me and he said, um, this is the highest number of people we've ever had to attend this. This is the highest number of papers that students have written on it. And <laughs> Anyway, yeah, of course, that was all not me. Yeah. yeah. The grace. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, and, and, and what, what, Rishi, you can go on from here, but what I happened? Gonna the, your, I was just going to add to your story. Yeah. Yes, Good. please do, Rishi. Was just Come the, closer uh, to the microphone, please. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. I'm like having to hold it up next. Okay. Um, but, but what, as a, just as a part of that story, uh, I was on my way back from India at that time and I, I had just come just off of the plane uh-huh. and came to the came to the talk <laughs> that day. Immediately after it was over. Oh wow. Yeah. And he and he got up and spoke. You know, the people started posing questions and I uh-huh. just directed them. They they asked him, Rishi, tell us what happened. Oh at that time your name was still Walker. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's astounding, yeah. really. It is uh, astounding. And there's yeah. so many other stories, but Rishi, what about you, huh? Yeah. After, actually, Shelly, you can add one more story, and Rishi can think of one as, as you're finishing yours, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Are you? Do you have something in mind? You mean? Um, Any story that you'd like to share about the grace and, you know, these uh, mystical dimensions that come alive in our life because we're practicing this type of yoga and we're including this technologies of inner engineering and, and Sadhguru's grace in our life. Like anything that you see in your life 
that just you want our listeners to, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the fact that I got to Anadi yeah. was, was an amazing, like physical, and I've never felt so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. That, and then so I went you to- You did that for 90-day program, right? With that was in 2010. And when Rishi yeah. came back, I don't know, Rishi can speak to this. I, I, I just wanted to take it to them. I wanted to take my, my body and I just wanted to take advantage of everything Sadhguru had to offer. So I was like, yeah. well, if he'll accept me, then I'll do it too. And Rishi was like, yeah, you can do it, mom. You can do it, mom. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty, th- that was extremely intense. <laughs> and when I came back, he said, oh, I never thought you'd be able to finish that. it's the grace though right i i feel like it just kind of helps you sail through those things i mean the fact that he would give me everything is grace everything every desire for me to even do that is grace and he made it happen because you shared that and expressed that right in front of Sadhguru to himself (laughs) and i i mean if, if I can uh, comment on what what appears to me as grace in your yes, life please. is, uh, I mean, I feel like watching you as a teacher and watching you as a mentor to people, there are so many just little, little coinciding factors uh, that it, it, it always seems like you're... Uh, your the work relationships that you value so dearly and you know that this this big impact that you have on a lot of people's lives happen so um in such a well lubricated and kind of magical way that i feel yeah. like that is i mean you you saying everything is grace i feel like i see that in yeah, in yeah. several things in, in your life yeah rishi's talking about my professional um language institute yes yes so that is totally oh my god yeah i, w- I wasn't going to talk about that but that yes please just, do shelly i just mean one after the other people yeah. students coming to me needing training people from all over the world writing me i've been to india china this summer i went to africa you know via zoom yeah um, just the the relationships i have uh are so beautiful and so yeah uh, magical yeah just yeah. like you said and, and it feels like there is a different level of ease that you have in those situations now uh, to me it's exactly. then then when you know when i was a kid it seemed like you had a lot more anxiety about that kind of stuff exactly yeah that's true yeah yeah and that definitely Sadhguru says that um, you know certain practices like inner engineering and shambhavi what it does is it eliminates and kind of like takes all those rough edges in your from your life and in, inside of you and kind of smooths it all out so you can function better, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, and on, on all levels, right? Your health right. improves, your yeah. confidence improves, like your anxiety becomes less, you know, challenging for you. So, mm. so many factors like that happen. And for each, and the reason we do this podcast is because each story is so phenomenal in, in how it, how the technology works for each person so differently. So it's really, really marvelous to see how it worked for your entire family. <laughs> it really, it, it's just like mind blowing to me. It's beautiful indeed. Thank you. 
Rishi, and, you might have something to say add to that because we didn't sure. really get to, to come over to you. <laughs> no, no, it's, I, I think it's great. I like uh, listening. And I feel like some of this is stuff that my mom and I have talked about a little bit and some of it's stuff that we maybe haven't talked about between each other as much. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool conversation to be a part of. Yeah, um, I agree. But um, in terms of, um, you know, like applying the practices and, you know, applying these tools and what kind of uh, experience that's been in my life, um, I, uh, I feel like, uh, man, so many things come to mind. Um, uh -huh. I feel like I have been able to uh, avoid a lot of really stupid decisions that I probably would have made otherwise. Um, being a 20-something-year-old who is not chasing after uh, sex and drugs with <laughs> yes. uh, my peers, so in my early 20s, uh, yeah. that I think that was, uh, you know, um, I don't even know what to say about that. Um, yeah. Instead, I had something where I I could have I could have good relationships with the people in my life, and um, when I was in my early twenties, or mm, yeah, early twenties, I uh, I wanted to find some way to express like the experience that I was, you know kind of in coming off of practices and i guess i think at that time when i was in my 20s people would i would if i would go out with friends or something i would maybe do my practices at their house you know we would come back and i would do my practice at you know 10 at night or two in the morning or whatever was happening and uh i think it was a um uh, a joke like an inside joke or you know people would make fun of me that when I came back from doing my practice, I looked like I had done some of the drugs or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because it was that it was that kind of experience for me. It was yeah. um, a, uh, a, a a pleasant and mystical and um, profound and 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 this is something that um, I have always struggled with uh especially in high school when i was doing my uh my shunya every day I, mm -hmm. I had i had no way to talk about it and so i just yeah. didn't i didn't speak about it to my friends at that time and it's something that has very slowly come to a place where i was able to coexist with them where mm -hmm. i was able to do practices with them mm -hmm. and then now in my so mid-20s to now now i'm now being 30 yeah. I feel like I'm getting better at um, sharing it in an unobtrusive and uh, genuine way, uh, I hope. And um, and that's taken the form of, um, I suppose, uh, probably, probably first um, with uh, poetry. Um, I started just trying to express what I was, you know, feeling during practices or you know, program or something like that uh, with little little poems here and there and uh, eventually um, getting to, you know, uh, share it as a teacher, um, in a, which is a very different thing. You know, it's a very organized mm -hmm. 
if you've ever been to any of the programs, of course, you would mm -hmm. notice that the yes. programs are very, uh, very organized and um, uh, what to say, uh, formal type of thing. Yes, um, and properly, you know. Yeah. Executed, uh, yeah. And so I, I appreciate. Um, I, I took the teacher training as a way to find a a supportive activity, like eyes open activity that I can do that that fits into my life that I can um, enjoy and use every part of myself to to work at it and um, and and to interact with people in the in the regular day world and that kind of a thing. Um, and Do you share your poetry, Rishi, when you teach Hatha Yoga? Like at the end of it, when you close? <laughs> no, is I that don't. something you do? No, <laughs> no. I, uh, I don't. I actually didn't used to really share it hardly at all to anyone. Uh, uh -huh. We encourage them to please share, yeah. Rishi. We would love to hear about it. And if you, if you're okay, I know I'd asked you this before. But if if you are okay, can you share a little bit of your poetry right now? If if you're uh, comfortable, yeah, I can. Uh, let me just. Uh, I have it. I'm on my computer, so I can just uh, okay. pull it up here now. Um, well, you might want to add that. I think one of the one of the translations for Rushi is poet too. No, am yeah. I right? Uh, you yeah, you could be. I I don't know actually. Um. um so at this point, I've written, I think, over 50 mm -hmm. or so poems. So, uh, Please share the one that's closest to your heart. Um, I guess feeling like, you know, this is... Uh, uh, so for some reason, I feel like this, this conversation um, makes me feel strongly about um, the practice, like practice mm -hmm. that I take in my life. Yes. Um, this is a poem that I wrote when I think somebody somebody asked me, somebody who was not in Isha, who's just a friend, there was some interaction where it felt like uh, they were wondering what I was or what the practice was or what I what what it meant to me or something like that. And it became like um West, yeah, yeah, like it was, a, and so I, I did my practice like the next day, and uh, had this poem that kind of came out, mm -hmm. and uh, so I don't know, this is just one that I saw. Sure. In my thing. So uh, this sure. is called the the stone cutter. <clears throat> Suppose you're a stone cutter. Your whole life is with the stone. You work your apprenticeship, and it becomes your life. You make everything from you make everything from bowls to floors to temples. It is your daily work. It is your bread, your sustenance. It is your highest form of art and expression. It is your poetry, music, your life's breath. It's your everything. All your hopes, dreams, ambitions, struggles, joys, and loves happen through the stone. Now suppose one day the master stonecutter who has taught you everything. One day he just takes you aside. He shows you the heart of cutting stone. Just with your hammer and chisel, you cut through the stone, 
through the world, through yourself, through the entire universe itself, and you make a small space, maybe just the size of your thumb, and you work and work and tend and care, and create a small space for God to just come and sit, like a child leaving cookies for Santa. And for no reason at all, he just comes and sits with you. Not a man or a woman, not a bearded ghost in the sky, not a form or entity. God himself just comes and sits with you in all the impossibility of it all. You don't say anything. What's there to say? He doesn't say anything. What is there to say? You just sit there with him through this hole in the fabric of the universe, like sipping a nice cup of tea and enjoying the day, or sitting silently with a loved one as they pass on. Every day, twice a day. Wow, that was so beautiful, Rishi. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I know it, it's, it took a lot for you to reveal this part of you. So we're grateful for you opening yourself up to this possibility and sharing your lovely poem with us. Sure. Truly grateful that you did that. <laughs> sure, sure. Shelly, would you like to add something? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little choked up. Priceless <laughs> oh. <laughs> moment, I'm so happy, yeah. But this does me, give me an opportunity to say something. You, you know how it, you just felt listening to that. Yes. Poem. So what I've noticed, and Rishi has, because of you know, the physical ailments I've had. And, and because I forget things, yeah. Rishi has um, retaught me some practices. And we do Guru Puja in my house, you know, before COVID. Yeah. Every week, I have a sanity room. Yeah. And that's the way I feel with him, I have Aww. to say. He feels like an older brother or a father. Um, in any case, in, you know, in the spiritual sense, I feel... Uh, unconditionally loved. I feel the the peaceful vibration, mm -hmm. um, and I I'm so grateful. I, I you know it's a, it's a parent's well it's anybody's dream come true for to have a friend or a relation like this. And so I'm really yeah yeah really grateful really grateful. This is so priceless. I mean. What you have created in your life, in your relationships, and you know, the, the mother and son relationship is always so precious. But the yoga that you practice, you have taken to a, a whole different new level of possibility. Your relationship is at like a totally marvelous point, I see. <laughs> well, you know, Rishi can appreciate the irony of this yeah. because he knew my mother. I didn't have a real, um, nurturing example of a mother so i always yeah. felt like i was not that ever mm -hmm. so that's why i feel like all this anything that's happened you know is, of course has been through the grace of Sadhguru. and yeah, and yeah. i feel like that you know like you said i feel like that's something that uh, a lot of the times 
uh, people that are in both of our lives or people that know our family mm -hmm. um, think that that's just how they are. Like that's how they, you know, like that's how I grew up or that, you know, that's just how they've always been. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely not how it always was. It's not the, the type of examples that, you know, yeah. we had in the previous generation in our family. Um, yeah, yeah, we definitely no, came from dysfunctional parents, both Jack and I did. So, yeah, so there's hope. <laughs> I think most of us do. I mean, yeah. if I can be totally we're just, honest. Yeah, yeah. And, we're, we're, we're just the same regular idiots that everybody else is. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I think it doesn't matter if you come from East or West, every family has a little bit of dysfunction in it. And, uh, you know, and it, it varies from family to family, but um, it, 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 there's no such thing as normal family. I don't think I've ever seen one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. This is so amazing just talking to both of you. Before I end, um, I wanted to ask, is there something that I missed to touch upon that you'd like to share that I haven't asked? I would love to hear more. I'm almost hesitant to close because I can talk to you for another two hours, but <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can have you again. I would love that. If you're well, both open to it, yeah. I I don't have anything to say. I can't think of anything now, but just that you're that you're such a good interviewer, and I appreciate oh. what you've what you've done here. Oh, thank you so much, Shelley. It means a lot to me. Uh, we're growing and learning and evolving as we go, as this spiritual yeah. journey unfolds <laughs> for all of us. Yeah, so I'm truly fun. excited for you, Rishi. I really. You're such a marvelous uh, Isha Hatha yoga teacher. And before I close, I was a little bit curious about this aspect. I've seen Alisa teach, and she has her own flair of how she teaches yoga. And it's very, like, soft and subtle and very, you know, she shows up as a mother almost. And uh, it's really sweet being with her in that space. Uh, and I've taken several classes with her. So I'm curious when you teach Rishi, like what is your style? How do you come in as a Shahata yoga teacher? And anyone who's listening right now, who are who's sort of falling behind in the practices or maybe not have the discipline or maybe feel overwhelmed of like, how do I do all the practices all the time? Or how do I manage while working from home or family or kids and do my practices? Do you have anything in that regard to share Rishi that you would like to add before we close? Um, well, I want to see how, as a Hatha yoga teacher, you can kind of answer this sure, sure, sure. <laughs> for some of our listeners. I mean, first of all, for me, uh, you know, I have all of, all of my friends are talking about how difficult quarantine has been, but yeah. I, it's been it's been a great vacation for me. <laughs> like, my mom and I, I think, we're both talking about this. Like, my uh, I'm able to do my my longer form asanas. I'm spending more time on it, and yeah. uh, it's. I'm, I can like go outside and <laughs> do practices and yeah um so I, in terms of uh how to cope with difficult situations I may not be the most <laughs> relatable <laughs> because uh for on that regard but in terms of um you know I think honestly I feel like uh m most of us when we're playing the role of the hatha yoga teacher um we're just there for the class and we try to relate to the person 
to the extent that it's needed for them to be receptive to the class and and we just try and focus on that i think um uh, in terms of uh uh, you know, I, I mean, I think I think I come across differently in different groups of people mm -hmm. um, in, uh, you know, I mean, so just as an example, I've I've had classes in uh, the Boys and Girls Club, classes at the high school, classes uh, at a correctional facility, mm -hmm. uh, college campuses. And then, of course, um, you know, traveling and teaching programs for the Isha Foundation mm -hmm. um, so that it could be you know, kids, it could be uh, people who are in a correctional institution that, uh, to be honest, feel like people I went to school with or something. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think you, you relate to people on different levels depending on what type of class they're there for and how they know you. Um, I think that people who are a little bit scared or intimidated to be in a class, I mm -hmm. try to connect with them with a, uh, in a, in a joking manner, uh, loosen them up and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, for my, friends, really sweet. Yeah. for my friends that, that know me as a, uh, as a ridiculous goofball in my personal <laughs> life, mm -hmm. uh, with them, I'm free oftentimes to be, if, if it's something that they're really coming for a program, there's some level of seeking in them. And, uh, and they know me as, you know, whatever in a personal life, it frees me up to be as intensely in the process and in the program with them as, mm -hmm. as I can. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think people, um, you know, it's it, people's experience of the classes is different, and you know, every I think every to some extent every teacher mm -hmm. is plays a slightly different role in the class. I mean, I think not even just as hot yoga teachers, even as you know, any any kind of teacher I think does this to some extent. And what do you say to someone who's struggling to keep up with regular practices? You know, uh, I feel like. <laughs> I, I want to ask you this also, Mom. I think for for me, we the two of us have very different styles of mm -hmm. practice, uh, where um, I definitely have gone through periods where uh, I was not as regular with the practice, mm -hmm. and I've never been, I would say, someone who has discipline with the practice. Um, for me, it's always been like now that my practice is happening very regularly. It's not because I have organized my life because that that hasn't happened. My my day may be going any which ways, and practice happens as this uh, usually kind of strong force that pushes other things aside. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's not yeah. a. It, it's I I feel like it's a it's a pull and it's a for me it's like a a pull and um like a pull and a calling. Or mm -hmm. something like that. That I I want to. I want to attend to my experience again. That mm -hmm. I want to. It, 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 my practice for me feels like a very, um, very much an expression of my seeking. Uh, whatever mm -hmm. I'm going through that day, if I'm having some type of difficulty, uh, if I if there's something that I really want to go to, but I would miss my practices. 
uh, and I and I don't go to that, and I instead do my practice. I feel like it just gets poured into it. Yeah. Um, so, I've 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 I think I've said this to people a number of times, maybe, but I've there've been many times where I missed out on something that was very important to me to do yeah. practices. And I have never. I think never we can all worked. relate to that. I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah. A lot of times, I, you know, I have a neighbor that I recently moved next to, and she always wants to go take a walk during the time during presence time, <laughs> or I'm about to do my evening practices. Yeah, and I've yeah. often said no, and I would love to have more friendship with her, but I rather have that sadguru time presence time then go take a walk during that time and so some... she just texted me before the interview and i was thinking <laughs> the same thing <laughs> but it's it's something where you know it's happened to me several times yeah. that it was something that i missed out on that i cared a lot about yeah uh that i did my practice instead and i have never i've never regretted doing that but i have regretted regretted it a few times the other way <laughs> yeah Definitely. He gives you a lot more in that, you know, discipline and sticking with the practices than you would ever imagine. Um, there is so much to be said about what Sadhguru is. And I think sometimes in saying that, you would miss saying so much of it. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's sometimes I feel like when it comes to me, I feel like I'd rather not say anything at all. But if you had to describe your inner engineering experience in one word, how would you describe it? Can we start with mom, Shelly? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, as Rishi was pointing out, we're completely different. And yeah. it's fantastic to have all those people in your life. I'm, as he knows, I'm very disciplined and yeah. my I'm very schedule oriented. And when I found this, I was just like, okay, my life revolves around this. End mm -hmm. of question. Yes. So I always did my practices and I guess the ironic thing, well, maybe it's not ironic, but eventually I, I couldn't do like the, all the asanas anymore yeah. and having to give those up, it, it made me sad, but uh -huh. it also, it, you know, you, you have to, you know, um, the divine is in control. Yes. I just went inside uh -huh. and I found, um, a level of um, devotion that I don't think I had before. Yeah. I think I'm very um, discipline oriented and mm -hmm. I think has always been more devotion oriented. Now I'm, I'm getting more that way and it's, it's beautiful. I love it. Wow. So yeah. you would say your inner engineering experience in one word would be what? Um, I loved everything he said. I did everything he said. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure it, it, it completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. If I can. Um, yeah. Go ahead, yes. what, would your, what would your word be now? Maybe not then, but as a yeah. holding. Yeah. Because we're yeah. in the present moment and we're very curious because where you have come from and how far you have come, that journey is so mesmerizing. So I like to know if you had to encompass all of that journey into one word of inner engineering, your experience in that one word, what would what word would you choose? Yeah, yeah. And I think Rishi and I have both sat down and said this together once, is just so profoundly grateful mm. that we found this. Yeah. And, and that gratefulness just leads me into deeper and deeper devotion. Oh, wow. 
beautifully we, said. Yeah, we know that we're lucky. Uh, you know, I don't know. What, I don't know. It's a silly word to use, but you know, his man that we got this in this lifetime. We're yeah. just like, yeah. Go ahead, Rishi. Uh, no, I think that's a good answer. Um, I guess for me personally. Uh, stillness, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. was that has always been um, the, I guess, most overwhelming aspect of my experience of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, I feel like I have, you know, uh, big, big joy moments, big love moments, uh, mm -hmm. but I feel like the the thing that is it seems the most overwhelming to me or or the yeah that's i would say that, that stillness is what yeah. seems to be most overwhelming to me as my inner engineering experience <laughs> yeah. that is so beautiful and you know rishi all the the bounciness that you had as a teenager as your mom was describing and as i began started the interview i didn't even know how to kind of ask that question because she had mentioned you know all these things that you were doing you know as you know a young teenager you know bouncing <laughs> with energy <laughs> and possibly new hormones and you know drugs and friends and all that partying and and that stillness came in and it just kind of stabilized your life for a whole new possibility. And it's well, so think, amazing to see how you have blossomed in it. It's just I, really nice to see. Oh, I, and thank you for, you know, sharing that with us. It's really, truly tremendous experience for me just sitting here with both of you and to witness your journey in this regard. It's, I'm truly grateful to you both for making time from your very busy schedule to make this happen for us here at Sacred Balance Podcast. Truly grateful for having you today and speaking with you both. Thank it's you so pleasure. much. Yeah, thank thank you. you so much. I, if I can just say one thing is, yes, please. I, I feel like the, um, the bounciness uh, <laughs> yeah. was, it was kind of dwarfed by the stillness, if that makes sense. It, yeah. it feels less intense than what mm -hmm. I was able to experience. Uh, yeah through the practices, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of parents who could be listening right now who are going through similar things during quarantine and pandemic, having to homeschool their children can really learn something from this, your story, you know, that something magical can also happen for their child. <laughs> it's a possibility, you know? <laughs> so thank you so much, Shelly. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rishi. It is so nice having you on today and speaking with you both. We're truly grateful to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thank so, you so much. Such this a great experience. Yeah, thanks great. for inviting us. Absolutely. So Certainly been our pleasure here. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. Namaskaram. Namaskaram. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our show today. You can find out more about Sacred Balance, Technology of Inner Engineering, our guest, and the topics covered from the show notes attached to the series and the episode. We would appreciate your balanced feedback on the ratings in the review section. Until next time, a world full of love, light, 
and laughter. Let's make it happen.